Well, hello, and welcome to the 1857 podcast. I'm your host, Stuart, and with me here, as always, is TJ. Hello, TJ. Hey, man. How's it going? And as you may be able to tell, uh, we are in um, the States, and we're trying out our American accents. As, um, yeah. Yeah, so, TJ, Fine. you're... you're you're adopting what is it? What is our friend Tim is from? Uh, uh, he's from Georgia, he's from Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I just figured it was a good thing to try out. You know, I feel like I identify with them. Yeah. People down there, yeah. good food, sweet good. tea, all that oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. So uh, it just seemed appropriate. It's um, it's a it's a good it's a good look on you. Um, or rather, a good audio on you. Good sound on I, me, man. Yeah. I, I'm going for the more um. The more just sort of neutral Midwestern accent, as yeah. I hear newscasters often speak. Yeah, you could you could be a news broadcaster anywhere on the planet, man. Well, That'll work for you. I'll see what I can do about that. So, uh, so we are we are here in the U.S. Uh, we are taking some time. Uh, we're just taking a breather to relax and do some uh, strategic planning for um, you know for the the future of this podcast. It's field research, man. Yeah, yeah. Field research. <laughs> field research. Um, Recording in our field notes, of course. Taking our field notes, hell yeah. yeah. And we we are here with um, the amazing uh, host of our Airbnb in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, um, Joe Bob. Hey, Joe. Hey, you guys doing? Good. You, you get that Wi-Fi password, all right? Yeah, Wi-Fi, got the Wi-Fi. Um, I do want right. to talk to you. The, uh, I don't know why it had so many cuss words in it, though. That was a little inappropriate. That, welcome, seems- welcome to Baltimore, hon. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so what's it, what's it like just living in the, in the States now, Joe? Um, you know, it's kind of a little, uh, everybody fighting all the time, you know, yeah. but yeah. like, oh, I like the president. Oh, I hate the president. Oh, he's the devil. Oh, he's Santa Claus. Like, who's like, got the best, like spicy chicken sandwich and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, like anything you bring up with anybody, like somebody gets goddamn mad about it. Hmm. It's very polarized. I think we faced that same thing, you know, with Brexit in the UK. Yeah, I, I don't know what that was a poll. Like, not Santa Claus, not the North Pole. Like, yeah. just people are fighting. They don't use poles or nothing. You know, it's Baltimore. He's gone. I understand. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Makes perfect sense, man. Yeah. So, um, uh, Joe, tell me tell me about the uh, the pencils and the notebooks in your, uh, in your fair city. Have you... Do you, do you have any particular favorite places to buy them? Do you, do you know where we can go buy pencils and notebooks? Well, you're in Baltimore and you want to buy, like, you know, nice pencil, not some piece of crap you get at Staples. You yeah. want to go down to, like, uh, Mount Vernon, you know, where all the hippies and yuppies are, and around the MICA. That's the art school we got down here. They got a couple places there. One's called Arts and Craftsman Supply, but, like, you know, I, I don't see no craftsman stuff there. They don't sell hammers or saws or nothing. Mm-hmm. But they got uh, black wings in there. And at that mica store where all the kids got funny colored hair and all and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff pierced their face, they got black wings too. So that's a pretty cool spot. That's understandable. That sounds fantastic, man. I'm sort of, my voice is sort of turning into like Matthew McConaughey and dazed and confused a little bit. So I'm, I'm, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, you, know, you, but, uh, you that place that, sounds uh, fantastic, man. We can go get get some black wings, or maybe I'm turning into Boomhauer too. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, man, tell you what. <laughs> get, some, get some black wings. Get some small, 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 small. What um, 
what, what, what's the food scene like here, uh, Joe? Like, where, where can we all go get some nice dinner later? Well, um, it depends. Like, you ain't got no seafood allergy or nothing. No. no. All right. So I, I'm in go- I'm in Cyprus, of course, where there's amazing seafood all the time in this this wonderland, tropical wonderland. All right. So if you want crab cakes, you go out to this place called Pappas's, but it's mm. like it's out in the county. So we're going to talk about that one. But if you want to get oysters, we go down Mount Vernon Marketplace and get the oysters. And they got, it's real cool. They got a trash can just for oysters because they put them in the roads. Oh, what does that mean? They got an oyster can. I I don't, I don't know what it means because the roads (laughs) are full of holes anyway. They look like oyster shells. So, so they're like using the oysters to fill up the potholes and stuff is what you're saying. Yeah, it stinks. Stinks. Yeah. Mm. Mix it with cement, put the oyster shells in there, something like that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's reduce, reuse, and put it in the street. That's <laughs> what we do. It's a, it's a good philosophy. American ingenuity right there. Oh, you got yeah, man, you got to get yourself a, yeah, make turn that into a t-shirt or something. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, we got reduce a lot of history reuse, here, you know. Put it in the street, yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know if I want to take you guys down to uh, Locust Point and go see Fort McHenry, where we wrote that song about how you just couldn't get in here. Mm. You know, this Star Spangled Banner. Too Ooh. soon, man. Too soon. Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I got o- I got coffee mugs. Yeah, well, you know, they still got cannons there, so you're lucky we even let you in. <laughs> you, you came into the airport and you flew over them all. Yeah. We uh we, we, we brought some more we brought some more tea, uh this time trying not to throw it in the harbor. Yeah, that yeah. was that was Boston. We don't throw oh, nothing in the harbor down here because we got the trash wheel. Okay, I get, I get You're... my I get my harbors confused in in the U.S. All of the you know the whole the whole East Coast just looks squiggly, right? Yeah, you know what? That ain't even no harbor up there. That's just like the piers on the bay in mm. Baltimore. Our harbor's a real harbor. Ain't got no waves in it. Yeah, I understand. Well, um, so like not a lot of, not not too much surfing here in in Baltimore. That's what I what I'm hearing. Yeah. No, I mean, the wrong you, wrong place for surfing. How's the, how's the surfing surf up in, Yeah, how's the surf up in uh, up in Northern Ireland there, uh, TJ? It's fantastic, man. Cold, I mean, it's just like, cold oh, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it's just like you just you just got to lean into it, and you just yeah. you put on your wetsuit that's got like the fuzzy uh, seal fur on the inside, and you uh, mm. you wear your your big fancy big fancy boots we wear. They're called uh, Irish surfing boots. Mm. Uh, they they mm. you don't really talk about them very much because they don't really work too well because they get super heavy and just sinking right to the bottom of the ocean oh that's that's not that really is, like that the is no good of them. so we just usually just wear them for show until we get to our surfboard and then we we usually just leave them on the shore and then some kid steals them and carries yeah. them off and throws them into a you know some kind of pothole on the road or something like that um, so, understand so I heard the water up there is green. Is that true? They're like uh, your ocean is like green for St. Patrick's no. Day, but like well, all the time. It's actually well, purple, I, I, man. It's, I, be, I believe that if it's in Northern Ireland, that that water is orange. Why? Well, has it got like rust in it or something? Like, yeah. like a bathtub ring? Yeah. Yeah, something like that, man. Well, over over in Cyprus, uh, the water is crystal clear and beautiful. And I, I, usually, I usually sit out on my deck chair... You know, smoking my pipe, um, writing some very important novels. Uh, what are you smoking that pipe? 
Oh wow, uh, Cypriot um, Cypriot uh, herbs and spices, I believe, is is what I'll say. All right, it ain't legal here unless mm. you unless you got a got a card from the doctor. Oh, understandable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I ain't gonna be able to get you none of that. I have some. I have some. I have some generalized neck pain. Really, that's what. Uh, that's what how that goes here. So, well, um, thank you, uh, thank you, Joe Bob and uh, TJ. Should we get back to our back to our planning? Hey, man, that sounds great. Yeah. By the way, your your accent is just tops. It's. I'm trying real hard, you know, and I'm trying not to change it every few seconds, but yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, it's hard your, to tell. It's not your native accent, of course. That'll be. You know, I just feel like I need to try out as much as I can until yeah. I find something that's comfortable. Just soak it in. Soak it yeah. in. Yeah. 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 All right. So I'm okay. just drinking this the sweet tea here, but it's like so sweet, man. It's like my teeth are itching. It's like I got little fuzzy jackets on my teeth. <laughs> you uh I don't know how they drink this stuff. Well well here we are in Baltimore. You don't see many teeth around. Um in you know, inside the, the locals. So many teeth. No, no, just a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well we'll get back to the show. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Enjoy. Uh, I hope we enjoy our trip. Yeah, I think it's got some some good promise. We're going to go over. We got a tour of the White House coming up in a few days, and Ooh boy, that's going to be a it's going to be a wild ride, man. It's going to be a wild ride. Wild ride. Right. On with the show. Let's do this. So you made your flight okay then. Oh, well, you say okay, I'm I'm here, so yes, I suppose in a manner of speaking it was okay, but oh, it's exhausting. Bit of jet lag. What a long, 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 long way America is. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, you forget, it's kind of far away and kind of big. And awfully strange. I mean, that fella Joe Bob, <laughs> I'm not sure he was the entire <laughs> hamper. He's a few hamburgers short of uh, one of them there fast food orders. Whatever you said, yes. Uh, Quite. Absolutely. (laughs) I spent most of the time over there perpetually confused. Yeah, well, I I spent most of my time over here perpetually confused, so it was kind of normal for me. Well, there is that. And also that password. You can't put that in a password. (laughs) Good lord. Well, we, he wrote it on the chalkboard on the wall. That was the bit that got me. That was quite, you know, nice swoopy calligraphy writing on the wall. Our, you know, Netflix password is this. Mm. And it was X-rated would be kind. I was going to say, I mean, it was not the most welcoming thing to see on the wall, was it? <laughs> Especially when it was four foot tall each letter. But, you know, who's to, who's to say? Maybe it's normal there. Ah, uh, well, that's our American cousins. Uh, it's a strange lot. <laughs> The Colonials. <laughs> um, where is it we were? Where was it? Oh. Bol- Baltimore. Bol- uh, Indi- uh, Bol- B- Baltimore. Bolton. No, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore. <laughs> Balti- Baltimore. Bit bit rough at the edges, didn't you think? I liked it. It had a certain kind of old world charm. Mm. Well, new world charm. Yeah. New new old world charm? Old new world charm. Old new world. Let's go old new world. And uh, it, was, it was good to get to Washington. Mm. A lovely little sojourn to the capital. It, didn't you find the White House really small? I thought it was much bigger than that. I yeah, I thought it was bigger on the inside, you know, and it wasn't. Yeah, 
Oh, that's the joys of camera work, I suppose. <laughs> I've seen a lot of films with it depicted, so I think the real thing was not underwhelming, but just differently whelming, alterwhelming, if you will. But can I just, you know, at this point, I think probably we shouldn't mention any more about that aspect of the trip until we've had the clearances, until it's all been approved. Um, I uh, rendition, TJ, yeah, the National Security rendition. Council, all that but, stuff. Yeah, we wouldn't want to. Yeah. I don't yeah. want any of that. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but it's much <sighs> warmer here. I'm uh, enjoying uh, yes. nice, relaxing weather now. It was very cold in America. Well, it's it's semi, semi-similar semi weather for me, but uh, definitely uh, it's a little easier to understand people. And people find it a little easier to understand me, which is good. And I, I'm glad I'm not putting on that accent anymore. It was a little bit. Well, the American is quite taxing. It's like speaking with molasses in your mouth, and it it can be uh, quite taxing on the old vocal cords, you know. So I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. Mm. Well, I mean, look on the bright side. I, I assume you looked at the sea as you came, and it hasn't turned orange, has it? No, it is neither orange nor green. It's kind of just a sea-coloured, like a dark blue, I guess. That's hard to describe. Like blue-ish? Water-coloured? I don't know. Mm, Water-coloured. There's an art in that. <laughs> hmm. So here we find ourselves on uh, triple digits for the first time. Triple, yes, triple digit. Who would have thought it, eh? Hmm. A hundred episodes at over 60 minutes per episode. That is 600 minutes of content minimum. Now, we definitely go over 60 minutes most times. Um, so what's 600 minutes in real money? Let's ask. Well, I have a feeling. I mean, I, I, I may be wrong, but I'm fairly certain it's 6,000 minutes for a start. Oh, have I just done a dumb with math? Yeah. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, that's not how math works. Okay. Fear yeah. not, Northern Ireland. Your children are safe in this man's hands. Okay, hold on. Let me let me just... Google has not stopped me from making an idiot of myself. So yeah, wait, 60 minutes. Now I've confused myself. It's too late in the day. 100 hours. 100 hours, yes. 6,000 minutes is 100 hours, yeah. That yeah. makes more sense, doesn't it? I, I'd say it's in the ballpark. So there's a minimum of 100 hours. And, and most of it with very good maths. We'll probably be over that, but yeah. Some of it, at least 50% of it on your side has passable mathematics. The other half on my side, mmm, mmm, concern. Mmm. But yeah. yeah, that's what, 100 minutes? Like, let's do Nobody more. listens to us for the maths. <laughs> oh, but it's exciting. It's fun. And it's nice to have, it's nice to have made it to this, this landmark episode number. Well, I'll tell you what, TJ, why don't we listen and see what other people have got to say about it? Yeah, that's sure to be more interesting than what we have to say anyway. Agreed. Hello, Stuart and TJ. This is Teresa from the Slack group from Boylston, Massachusetts. Or Teresa, as Stuart so beautifully says. I love that pronunciation. I wanted to think of some wonderful thing for 100 to add to your video, your audio here, and I can't think of a thing. And I don't have time to go look anything up, unfortunately, if I want to get this to you today. In any case, thank you for 100 wonderful shows. I have enjoyed each and every one of them. They make me laugh, and they make my commute into the office so much more fun. I hope you do many, many more, because I selfishly enjoy them. 
Anyway, want to just wish you a happy 100 and have a lovely day. Bye. Hi, this is Hanno from Sweden. The number 100. The Divine Comedy by Dante consists of 100 cantos, or songs. And this book might be a classic, although I would claim that it's not as much fun as the 1857 podcast. For instance, one thing I find disturbing with the Divine Comedy is the lack of bag talk, which happens to be a large part of your podcast, which I really enjoy. I also enjoyed this year your discussions about handwriting and letter writing. I also enjoyed listening to the companion YouTube video by Wooden Graphite, this later writing ASMR. It was great to have in my ears while typing away at the office. So what I'm trying to say is that the 1857 podcast might not always be as eloquent as Dante, but you have managed to introduce one important term, and that is the dongle fiesta. And what this term describes is a phenomenon which I'm sure comes directly from hell itself. Thank you so much. Hi there, TJ, Stu, fellow slackers. I'm Pauline from Potter's Bar in Hertfordshire in the UK. Wow, 100 episodes, wow. I listen in the car, so your 100 probably adds up to several hundred, if not thousands, of very entertaining miles to me, driving to and from work and all over the place for work, because I do spend a lot of time in the car. I love listening to the mix of review and general interest while hearing about all of your exploits in Ireland and when you travel and in Cyprus, your highs and your lows, your groans and gripes and laughter. You do make me laugh out loud sometimes with the stories you tell. When you ask us to recommend you, I'm always stuck as to how I'd describe the podcast to someone else because it's just so different. Two guys chatting, I feel like I'm eavesdropping on a, a conversation in the pub or something. Anyway, keep up the good work. It's brilliant listening to you guys and I'm looking forward to the next hundred. See ya. Hello, everyone. My name is Justin Twyford from Vancouver, BC, Canada. As they say in show business, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Congratulations to TJ and Stuart on the great show and the persistence to stick with it for more than 100 episodes without missing a week. I know I've spent far more than 100 hours laughing, crying, and cursing the technical gods that are now Apple Catalina. I've learned that shower beers are a thing. Cypress is hot and has yucky, crawly things that I don't like. And that one needs very, very bright outfits to play golf. 1857, the podcast, is now a centenarian. But I don't think it's ready for retirement. Indeed, we're only 1,757 episodes away from learning what the naming reveal really is. I'm sure that the Queen, too, sends her regards to the boys, as it is customary for British subjects to get a telegram on their 100th birthday, or so I hear. I have to wonder why 100 is such a special number. 99 is a much prettier number. 101 can be written backwards or upside down. But 100, it's the largest number that we can count to using just our fingers and toes. And it works out very nicely using our standard base 10 math that we all learned in school. As 1857 is English, 
we know that 100 pence equals a pound, unless it's an old British pound, in which case there are 20 shillings in a pound, and each shilling would be worth 12 pence, which makes a pound worth a total of, um, oh, never mind, I just ran out of fingers and toes, so I can't count that high. Regardless of how you count to 100, doing anything 100 times is hard work. If you don't believe me, bend down and try for 100 push-ups. Congratulations, TJ and Stuart. Thank you for entertaining me every Monday morning. And I look forward to the next 100 episodes. Hello, my name is Mike. I'm from a town called Marlow, which is in England, on the River Thames between London and the University City of Oxford. Congratulations on reaching 100 episodes, guys. Um, I've enjoyed every episode. We've gone through the whole range of emotions with you both. And I think it's not just the good subject matters that you cover that keep the podcast interesting, but also your honesty and humour. I have a fact about the number 100, which I would like to share with you. I must confess, I did have to look it up. I heard there was a interesting statistic around the fact uh, quite a few months ago, but I couldn't remember it off the top of my head. The fact is about coffee, which is a passion of mine and seems to be mentioned every episode. There are over 100 different varieties of coffee plant in the world, but we only actually drink two different varieties, that's Robusta and Arabica. Somewhat sobering is the statistic in a BBC article stating that 60% of the varieties are currently threatened with extinction due to climate change and loss of habitat. Anyway, I'll leave you on that happy note. All the best for the next 100 episodes, guys. Hello, everybody listening to the 1857 podcast. My name is Sad Van Islam. I am from Milton Keynes, England. I would firstly like to congratulate TJ Cosgrove and Stuart Lennon for reaching 100 episodes of their podcast, which is also the atomic number for Fermium. I have enjoyed the last 99 episodes of 1857 and I hope the show goes on for another 100 episodes and more. I would also like to thank both TJ Cosgrove and Stuart Lennon for working hard to have episodes air each week even during the holidays. My favorite episode of 1857 is episode 52 titled writing where Stuart is using a Milan 2B pencil and TJ explains what the Rouleau triangle is to him. Once again, thank you TJ Cosgrove and Stuart Lennon for having this wonderful show about the world of analogue and so much more. Hello, I'm Phil from Bristol. Although if you're listening to this, you might think mine isn't a West Country accent. Uh, Bristol is my adoptive home. Did you know the sum of the cubes of the first four integers is equal to 100? Nope, I didn't know that either until I looked up a website with 10 fascinating facts about the number 100. But you asked what I like about 1857, and honestly, I like the chat. I like hearing about all things analogue, I like the book recommendations, although I've yet to ever read an issue of The Economist. That sounds all a bit too grown up for me. I've bought Vide Noir on TJ's recommendation. It's like listening to a couple of old friends chewing the fat, 
and putting the world to rights. And also pencils. Thank you, chaps, for the last hundred episodes. I'm very much looking forward to the next hundred. Although, in Old Norse, the word hundrad, from which our hundred derives, originally meant 120. There you go. It's a twofer for you. So there you have it. Episode 100. It's here. It's gone. It's passed. It's over. It's done. 100 episodes and some quizzical math involved. It's just me. It's just TJ. Stu's off in Turkey doing golf or something. Turkish golf? I'm not sure if that's different from normal golf. Anyway, he's not here. He's uh, enjoying his holidays, which he is well-deserving of. So it's just me. But I wanted to say thank you, and I'm sure Stu sends his thanks and his love as well. This has been a really, really cool and interesting roller coaster, and continues to be. I've learned a lot about making audio content and podcasts and, and telling stories and, and being honest with myself and others. It's it's a real it's a real process, and it's one that, that continually teaches me lessons that I I'm pleased to learn. So thank you for sticking with us for 100 episodes, and hopefully we'll make 100 more. Who knows? See how it goes. But for now, just remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was the 100th episode of 1857. Nice. Oh my god, when you said sweet tea, I almost peed. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still hear? The podcast is over. I I did the the outro bit. I you know what I say the thing? The music that normally means it's done. Right, you you've listened before, right? You know you know how this works. I kind of I say the bit, past present, music comes on, fades up, fades out, boop, maybe a little bit at the end, boop, boop, little joke. That's it. It's done. Hundred. But you know, brush the hands, done and dusted. No, still wanna. I guess we've twenty six, twenty seven minutes. Getting greedy these days. Ah. What else have I got? Um, I get here's episode zero. I guess there's something to listen to. Episode zero, never released before except on our USB tape. So here it is. If you're still listening, here's uh, an episode before everything. The episode that started all the other episodes. This is episode zero. Roll it. Let's start recording. One, two. Mine looks good. What about yours? Yep, all good. Okay, cool. Um, I'll just do. A- I'll just sync them up and post. That's fine. Um, actually, you know, one, three, we'll do a clap, and that might help. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> Stellar. Okay, that was close enough. Uh, yeah. So I think we're good to go. Um, I'm gonna jump right in. Okay. Okay.
Hello and welcome to 1857, analog podcast 160 plus years in the making. This is episode number zero. My name is TJ Cosgrove. I run the pencil-based YouTube channel Wooden Graphite. And I'm Stuart Lennon. I'm part of pocketnotebooks.co.uk, where we sell, yeah, pocket notebooks. So today's topic, if you will, is why make a podcast? So, Stuart, why are we doing this? What is the overreaching goal of this? I don't know. I hoped you knew. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I guess we'll just finish it here then and one minute 12 in. <laughs> well, there we go. That'll be the shortest podcast in history. Uh, I mean, we ha- we've talked about this for a little while, and it's something that I think we both are keen to get stuck into. Um, similar interests, but maybe different backgrounds. Um, a lot of what I do, making videos, is quite a, a solitary affair. I, it's me sitting in a studio quite a lot of the time just working away on stuff. And so anything I can do to interact with people and actually have a conversation that's that's two-way instead of video, which is very much feedback, which is kind of one-way conversation, uh, I try and do. Uh, what you need, TJ, is a dog. Admittedly, thought, yeah. admittedly Nero's not great at uh, at answering back. But uh, he does provide a certain amount of company during the afternoons. I know what you mean. I mean, I think any small business, uh, particularly when it's one you're you're self-funding, it starts very lonely. Um, You can't afford to pay other people. Uh, The work that you do is very internalized or or possibly online. Um, And it can be a lonely, lonely place. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And and part of the reason that I love this niche, this subculture, if you will, of stationary and analog and, and kind of a, a more longhand way of doing things is that the community is amazing. And, and actually speaking to people online from all over the world is a really fascinating experience. And it really makes you feel like you're part of a community, one that is distinctly online, but also global. I mean, there's people I've spoken to in, in Austria and Germany and the Czech Republic and Russia and America, all over the States. So you kind of feel like you're this one little node in a big, vast network of people interested in similar things. And I think that's that's really, really fun to be a part of. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, it's precisely that. I mean, I've started, if you'd asked me six months ago about podcasts, I probably would have bluffed a little bit. I don't think <laughs> I was entirely sure that I knew what a podcast was. It's one of them radio on the internet things, isn't it? That would have been broadly the answer, I think, yes. Um, <laughs> whereas now I've I've made a little bit of effort. I mean, it took whew, possibly three or four minutes on Google to, to work out uh, what a podcast was. Mm-hmm, um, pretty much online radio. <laughs> and I've started <laughs> listening to a few. Um, a few that I imagine you're quite familiar with as well, like the the Pen Addict, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some of the TED Talks, uh, a little one that you mentioned to me the other day, which I listened to for the first time last night. So we must come back to that one. Yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly you feel that you're connected to the people speaking on the podcast. Yeah, it really is. It's a totally different format, I think, from anything else. Um, video is what I'm most versed in, and it almost feels like an essay in some ways, where you're kind of just dictating a feeling or a thought or an idea 
with some associated imagery, so at least the stuff that I do is. Um, whereas when you listen to a podcast, it's a very different location. And we've spoken about this before. You, you sort of consume podcasts in a very different way than you would consume video or, or television in the in the typical sense because it's, you know, you're, you're driving or you're in the shower or you're traveling or commuting. It's quite a an interesting it's almost like a conversation that you're part of, but not actively. Hold the phones there, TJ. How yeah. are you listening to podcasts in the shower? Waterproof speakers, my friend. It's the future. Good Lord. Yeah, what right. I genuinely do, it's quite relaxing. Just to, I like long showers anyway. Um, so it's quite nice to just sort of zone out. And uh, I mean, a 45-minute podcast is a bit long, but you know, some of the shorter ones work quite well. Here we are, five minutes in, and I already feel like a, a dinosaur. Waterproof <laughs> you mean you're not speakers. listening to podcasts nude? Oh, my goodness. Nude. Now you've brought yeah. nude into it as well. There's a mental <laughs> image people are going to have to struggle with. Oh, dear. So we kind of have a vague notion of why we're doing this, but what is it that we're actually doing? Other than talking. Other than talking into microphones in two locations across the Irish Sea, like what I, is this about? I don't know uh, how things work in your world, but but my wife, uh, who's clearly a wonderful woman, uh, and please repeat that far and wide, <laughs> um, she will politely listen to me for maybe two, maybe three minutes. My goodness, that's generous. About the uh, the merits of a notebook or the differences between two types of pencil. Uh, <laughs> and, and then I see her eyes glaze over. Uh, oh, yes, yes. And it's only really a matter of minutes before she's in some sort of <laughs> wakeful coma. Um, quite simply, there are some people that get this world and there are some people that don't. Um, yeah, I think by now anyone listening will have worked out whether they get it or they do not get it and will have accordingly turned off or turned up the podcast. And for those that were here, however briefly, we thank you for popping by. Um, and for those that are still here, well done. Constitution It's what made the world great. <laughs> I mean, I have done that so many times with people where you start into the conversation. Do you know the story of how graphite came to be? And immediately the room goes quiet and everyone goes, I have dishes I left the oven on. I've got to go far away from here because no. And so it's nice to talk to people that not only will listen, but want to listen. I I think we may have just explained that we see a podcast released to the general unsuspecting public as some sort of safe space, which <laughs> absolutely bizarrely is a little bit backward. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> whatever works whatever works so some of the stuff that i'm interested in talking about and and thinking about is you know the stuff that i want to put into this you know analog things the history of technology and this kind of anachronistic perspective on things and of course my overriding agenda pencils so those are the kind of things that i like to talk about and i'm sure that will color the conversation accordingly once we get into it but um What's your kind of take on that? Uh, well, I mean, the uh, anachronistic, we're going to have to go through some sort of definition of that. Uh, big words, yep. scary stuff. 
Um, out of time, I think, is the most basic. <laughs> um, so. Analog tools are, are clearly my thing. I mean, I, I try to make a living selling them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a reader. I love to read. Um, and I, I, perhaps it's just my age rather than, than anything that's happening in the world, but I kind of feel that conversation is dying. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the the single harbinger for the death of conversation is the fact that the Emoji Movie exists. <laughs> that is just the the death knell in you know polite conversation between adults. Yeah, I I haven't seen it. I I've heard a review <laughs> that that was not the most complimentary <laughs> review I've ever heard of a movie. <laughs> I have not, and I will try not to see it. Mm, yeah, I, I'm not sure that's going to be worth much of anybody's money to be honest uh but you know even on a more basic level uh having you know quite recently taken an office um i did all the things that you have to do when you take an office and and register for various and sundry taxes and uh i i went and got a phone line um so that i could have some broadband mm-hmm. and i've got a an office phone which has been i've been in this office since april the 1st yeah, okay. And I can remember it ringing three times. I think that the first thing I'll do away with when we buy a house, it will be the, the landline. And when I mean when I say do away with, I mean I won't even install one if I can get away with it because I want to do that whole uh, internet in a box without having a phone line because I'm 26 and in the last 10 years, I've used it on my own volition probably five times. And it's just, it's like, I like conversations, but I mean, landlines are not the way to do it. Mobile phones, advanced as they are, are still capable of doing exactly the same thing. So I don't know. For sure, it's still, um, you want to talk about anachronistic. Yeah. If you want to get a broadband from from BT, uh, you have to take a phone line. Oh my goodness. Backwards does not even start to (laughs) describe it. Uh, Because I don't know. I'd say 90% of the people that I know on a on a social level, on a friendship level, on a family level, I don't know what their home phone number is. No, that's true. I'm worse, though, because I don't know mobile numbers either. So I have a, a contact book in my phone, obviously, like everyone does. And that is how I contact people if it's not on the, online. So I keep an address book for sending letters, but I don't know mobile numbers, which is a strange sort of dip in my system, which I haven't exactly worked out yet no i'm the same i I couldn't tell you what my wife's uh number is exactly i mean you just press i mean in my case the last 20 phone calls are probably to or from her so it's quite (laughs) straightforward but uh yeah uh, telephones don't really exist anymore i was uh recently on a golfing weekend which involved a little bit of golfing quite a lot of drinking um with a whole mixed age group so guys from uh, and girls from their early twenties all the way up into their sixties, mm-hmm. um, and certainly anybody under thirty-five, there were many times that they would be absent from the room whilst being in the room because yeah. they were, you know, doing their thing with their mobile phone. Um, it, you know, I don't know. Possibly I was a boring conversationalist. Uh, it could, that could be the, the, the case. <laughs> but also I think 
you know, people are drawn into um, these things. And the messenger thread that, as a group, we had running before the event was still being used during the event. Oh, okay. That's really interesting that people will forego actual human connection in order to send a message across the same physical space. Yeah, very odd. I, I, a bit beyond me, I have to be honest. But, um, you know, all of these people I like, there's nobody that I would consider to be rude or, or, mm, or mm. you know, uh, inconsiderate. But at the same time, I was sitting there thinking, why are you looking at your phone? What, what's happening on your phone that can't wait until you're, you know, on your own? It's like a compulsion, though, isn't it? I think that because, especially because I think both of us take a lot of time for the analog and for paper and for doing things longhand, it's funny to see. But then I think we find ourselves doing it the same. At least I do. Like, I'll, I'll wax lyrical about how nice it is to write on paper and how good it is to talk to people. But I'm suckered in by the blue screens just exactly the same way. Like, it'll draw me in and I'm supposed to be doing something and I'll check my phone. And then because I'm on my phone, I'll quickly jump onto this app. And because I'm on that app, I just need to check this one before I go. And well, I might as well see my emails. And then all of a sudden, I've gone to do something on my phone, like set a timer or check a date. And all of a sudden, I've finished with the phone 45 minutes later, having achieved none of the things I went in to do. And it kind of just, it sucks time away. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, every three months, uh, this is a, a fairly new regime, maybe a year and a half or so I go through all of my electronic devices um, and turn off all of the notifications that I've gradually turned on in the previous three months Mm -hmm. we can do an entire episode on notifications if you want because I have tried to denotify my life entirely because while I don't mind using devices quite often I despise notifications yeah I mean to me that's the ultimate surrendering of your free will you're you're yeah. allowing the electronic device to dictate what tasks you do in what order um, and when and just yeah just purely from a, a productivity point of view um i have to turn them off so that i sit down in the morning and the first thing i do is something that i want to do yes um, uh, but i do uh it's almost like catching your hand as it drifts towards the mouse so or to easy the to do phone. It's so easy to say, no, I don't want to look at this. (laughs) So I think we both have the same kind of lilt towards the the analog, but living in the 21st century, you can't really get away from digital. I mean, we couldn't make this podcast. We couldn't make these recordings. We couldn't have these conversations without digital. So on the one hand, we, we despise it. And on the other, it's a necessity. So we're kind of caught in this duality almost where we hate it and we need it and it's part of what we do but it's also what we don't like to do and so i think there's a lot of interesting conversations in there which is i think partly why this podcast came to be absolutely uh it's about quality it's about using technology rather than have technology use you yeah i mean i just I like the the time aspect as well, because if I spend 40 minutes looking at Reddit, which I quite often do, it feels like a time sink. And every now and again, there'll be something interesting or something relevant that I'll maybe want to research later. But most of the time, 40 minutes spent staring at a phone screen is 40 minutes down the toilet. But 
40 minutes in front of a notebook or 40 minutes reading a physical book and I come away feeling refreshed. I come away feeling sort of excited to put into practice whatever I've been reading or thinking about. And there's this big disconnect in my head anyway in the way that I perceive the information that comes from analog sources and from digital sources. And that's not to say that, that they're one's necessarily better or worse than the other, but I think I have a, an inbuilt bias towards the analog. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're saying. It it feels uh, more, I suppose it is more physical uh, if you've mm. got a book in your hand or, or, or even Tangible. a magazine. It exists and it, it's tactile. You can... Uh, you can play with it. Um, it has more significance, I think, as well in your life. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, I remember somebody throwing a statistic at me, and believe it or not, in a conversation, um, where <laughs> The Economist magazine, uh, sales of the physical magazine are, are pretty solid. They're, they're holding firm um, okay. against the, the onslaught of the digital. Um Digital sales are not going up at all. Uh, and there was sure. a lot of const consternation about this. And, you know, why is this happening? And what have we misread? Uh, until some, uh, I think, probably quite sensible person turned around and said, you can't leave a digital copy of The Economist on your desk or on your coffee table to show how smart <laughs> you are. <laughs> that's the equivalent of the fancy bookcase full of books that you don't actually read but intend to maybe someday but mostly they're just set dressing for people that come into that room ah uh, the complete works of charles dickens you mean <laughs> excellent one of my favorites <laughs> well I, I have to concede that getting through a dickens novel is quite hard work i find it's a task see i have this thing i have this compulsion to save old books if a book was made before my parents were born I will probably buy it if I can afford it, even if it's tangentially related to what I'm interested in, just because I don't want to see good books destroyed. The the Pinterest sort of movement of decoupaging with old book covers and old book pages has me horrified. And so I have literal bookcases full of gorgeous old books, dusty tomes from the 19th century that I just, I have to keep them because if I don't, then someone else might not. And I, I can't, I just can't stand seeing them destroyed for mediocre craft items well, well surely then you've got to have fly fishing by J.R.R. Hartley I thought you were saying no I haven't got that one no <laughs> that's a reference that gives away your lack of age oh I'm sorry that's all right it was a yellow pages <laughs> ad in the UK okay what uh, year I'll are we talking tell you about it one day <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's kind of a rambling association of, of what we think it's going to be about. And I think it will evolve naturally as we kind of come to topics. And we've already, I think, touched on a few items that, that may well warrant their own episodes in time. But I think that's kind of a natural progression that will happen as we keep recording. But I think part of this as well will be um, what are we doing right now? You know, what are we writing on? What are we writing in and with? And what are we reading and watching? I think that's going to be an interesting part of the, the conversation. So do you want to jump right in and tell me what you're you're using at the moment sure uh due to um a sort of growing connection with a pencil freak uh pencils <laughs> yep have, have suddenly started turning up in my life uh and i'm currently enamored with the blackwing 73 the latest volumes edition 
Oh my goodness, it's gorgeous, isn't it? You actually sent me some for my birthday, so that's that's the reason I have them, and they are lovely. Such a nice color. The, it's a great color. I, the texture and the uh, I think yep. this is whatever the water word for topography is. Yeah, uh, basically these, height lines. Yeah, these lines show the depth of Lake Tahoe, which yep. I, I've never been to Lake Tahoe. It's quite unlikely that I'll ever get to Lake Tahoe, but <laughs> I kind of like the idea of Lake Tahoe already. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's the key of the, the Blackwing volumes is they kind of imbibe this sense of wonder for things you didn't necessarily know existed beforehand. Absolutely, and I think uh, for me being... You know, I I had a pencil at school, probably. Um, mm-hmm. The idea now of discovering these softer, um, darker pencils, uh, it's like a whole new game for me. Um, I, I remember an HB that would give you a sort of faint line that was neither used, uh, no use to man nor beast, really. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, scratch. These things, if only I could draw, uh, I'd be in business, but... <laughs> <laughs> I know that's fascinating. I always show people how many pencils I have, and they go, "Oh, that's fantastic!" Can you, you know, what kind of art do you do? Oh no, oh no, 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 no art. No, I just take notes. I just, I just collect them. I have an entire database of these. Would you like to? Oh, you're gone. <laughs> Bye. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Probably avoid that as an opener at parties. <laughs> I would guess. So you're writing with the Blackwing Volumes number seventy three. What are you writing in? Uh, well, I'm writing with that, but also I'm writing with a, with a pen. I'm I'm a fountain pen guy. Oh, by okay, you're one of those. Uh, so, at the moment, I'm using a tiny little pocket pen. Uh, suitably enough, it's called the Lilliput by uh, Kaweco, the German guys. See what they did uh, there? Yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a sort of thin bullet, uh, and <laughs> okay. and this one is copper. Oh, lovely. Uh, which yeah, is, that's nice. Uh, as I sweat profusely over it, it changes colour from day to day. Uh, is it turning green? <laughs> not yet, but I suspect that may be coming. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's got a double broad nib, so it puts a lot of ink on the page. Uh, and it sits really well in my back pocket. I can sit on it. Uh, I've, oh, okay. I've run over hmm. it once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a really interesting place to keep a pen. That's not somewhere I would ever... I mean, the only time I ever use the back pockets on any trousers that I've ever worn is if I'm walking from the house to the car or from the car to somewhere. The car keys will sometimes go in the back pocket if I'm not going to be around for long, if I'm not sitting down and stuff like that. But the rest of the time, they are vacant. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I always have a wallet in my back pocket. um, And I always have uh, a pocket notebook and a pen. Uh usually one of these bullet stars there are several and i dare mm-hmm. say i will bore people to death with them um over time but uh i kind of rotate through these indestructible bullet pens that i can sit on and uh, if you see the size of me see a photo of me um, if i sit on you you stay sat on um these <laughs> these need to be pretty robust machines uh yeah and these are german they're as far as i can work out they're indestructible excellent good stuff uh and what am i writing in Okay, well, here, obviously, I'm quite blessed. Um, I have access to uh, more notebooks than, than most sane people would ever want to see in a lifetime. No way. You? <laughs> of all people? Uh, My goodness. So, uh, yeah, I rotate through them um, as and when. And right now I have... Uh, it's a joint venture between 
Uh, Story Supply uh, are a fantastic company out of uh, York, Pennsylvania. Uh, And CW Enterprise, who I suspect you probably know more about than I ever will. I've worked with them several times and it's it's always a pleasure it's such a wonderful outfit and and everybody there is is fantastic so everything they do is just is just wonderful i sit and watch with glee every time they release something yeah yeah i'd agree with you it's uh uh, for those of you who don't know honestly sort yourselves out look in the show notes i'm sure there'll be a link uh most certainly will but it's it's uh it's all around a lady called caroline weaver who's written an amazing book uh, called uh, Pencil Perfect. That's the one. Uh, and who runs... Now, no, brace yourself. She runs a shop that sells pencils. I had no idea. Uh, I, this is news to me. She doesn't sell anything else, just pencils. Um, and she's currently moving from one desperately fashionable place in New York to another desperately fashionable place. In I New believe York. it's the Lower East Side, but please don't quote me on that. I have, I have no idea what that means, but it just sounds so New York. Well, it's it's south of the Upper East Side. <laughs> as far as, like, you, my geography isn't perfect, but that's... You worked that out all on your own, didn't you? <laughs> was, was there a pencil and a notebook involved in that kind of it, well, I am sketching notes here, just to, I've got a compass drawn out in front of me here, just to make sure I'm getting this right. But research tells me that may be the direction. Uh, yeah. But the notebook is brilliant. It's fantastic with pencils. Uh, it's brilliant for fountain pens. Uh, it has a really uh, cool little sort of pencil grades uh, information on the inside cover. Uh, and then on the back cover, it has uh, a little test your pencils section. Oh, uh, I very can, nice. I can feel TJ saying, uh, yeah, you might want to send me one of those. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, uh, it, it's a pretty cool notebook. Uh, if it can handle my scrawling in a, in a fountain pen, then you know it's good paper. But everything that comes out of Story Supply is brilliant paper. Oh, they're fantastic stuff as well. Yeah, they're really, really rock solid. I have a bunch of them here too. And what about you, TJ? What are you using? At the minute, I'm writing with my wooden graphite write pencil, which has no affiliation to me, but is a very, very nice pencil made by the folks in Baltimore. Um, they sent me a couple of boxes of those and some notebooks and some stickers and stuff for me to check out. So I'm, I'm working on a video about those, but it's a really nice full hex black pencil that uh, sharpens up nice. The wood is, I think it's base wood, so it's not cedar, um, which some of the nicer pencils have, but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily detract that much. It writes really nicely. It holds a point well, and I'm really quite enamored with it. And it kind of looks like I've paid to have custom pencils made, even though I didn't. So I'm kind of leaning into that and sort of going... Yeah, those are really cool pencils, yes, and it. you should definitely check out the associated YouTube channel that is in no way endorsed or affiliated with it. But yeah, that's what I'm writing with, and I'm writing with a public supply yellow lined notebook, which I recently um, sort of decked out. I'm trying to get more organized, so I'm trying to establish the um, the GTD, the Get Things Done system in some form. Uh-huh. So I kind of, I, immediately, I looked at the system and immediately thought, ah, it's not really the way I want to do it, and changed it, so... There's bits and pieces I've adopted. There's other bits that I'm working on. So this notebook is kind of a playground for that system on tracking to-dos and to-don'ts and how to get stuff done. Okay. But that's a, kind of the... A few questions here then. Uh, yeah, please shoot. That that right pencil, um, how does yeah. it compare to the other right pencils? Uh, the only other one that I have 
is the Chesapeake, which I have sharpened but not used yet. Okay. Right. So I don't really have a, a, a any data on that to give you at the moment, but I will have a look and we can come back to that in another episode. Sure, because I, I think I think they're all Musgrave pencils, I believe. That's right. Yeah, they're all made in Tennessee, I think. Uh-huh. It's I think somewhere um, in that. But yeah. Woods, yeah somewhere in, in pencil city so they they make them down there and they are very very good quality and american made and, and they are a step above some of the ones i've seen before what i hate fundamentally above all else in pencils is cheap nasty pencils with a brand name smashed onto them and then sold at a premium because it is not quality and it's not worth your money and these are most definitely not that they are solid brand behind a very solid pencil mm-hmm. good to know and then public supply. Okay, I know these guys. They're um, they're designed in New York. These these notebooks. They've got a very mm-hmm. sort of cool feel to them. Uh, good quality. I think they're put together in New Jersey. Um, but uh, yeah, they're really nice, saddle stitched. Um, yeah. Really nice notebooks. I'm I'm really quite enjoying using this one. I think it's actually from some of the videos that we shot for your YouTube channel. So that's why I have them uh-huh. through through your uh, divine providence but um they are very nice and I'm, I'm enjoying using them quite a lot i also have a blank or sorry a lined field notes craft in my pocket as well that's kind of just like daily notes and and scratch things and what's that is that is that a pencil behind your ear that that writes in that uh yeah no this this uh wooden graphite pencil lives in my top shirt pocket there's a little cutout for pencils so it just lives in there because i've taken to wearing sunglasses and sunglasses and pencils on the ear don't necessarily match uh, your sunglasses that's that's a podcast episode on its own right there wooden sunglasses yeah i have a lot of fun with those i really like them and it's probably the most remarked about thing that i own because uh, people see them and immediately go what are they that, what um i had a wooden watch as well which i then broke on the handbrake of my car Oops. i snapped the wooden band so i'm tr- trying to repair that at the moment but i did have a combo the wooden watch wooden sunglasses combo but alas currently being repaired Ah. okay so what do we have next on the list oh reading oh reading yes reading i'll fire on that one then i have just finished uh sorry i'm looking up at it uh a book called start with why by simon sinek um i think Mm, okay i haven't heard of this one um it's uh i don't think we've got time to go into a full review but Mm-hmm. It's a book that looks at uh, business uh, and possibly a bit more, possibly a little bit more about life and intention. Uh, and guess what? He reckons that you should start with why. So, for mm, example, yeah. uh, why are we doing a podcast? See, we had it. We had a diner. We didn't even know why. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um I found it really, really interesting. It was uh, gifted to me by uh, by a competitor, obviously. I mean, who else would give you a gift? <laughs> um, by David Round of WilliamHanna.com or .co.uk, uh, who okay. makes these amazing sort of leather-covered notebooks. Oh, very um, nice. And we, we met up and, and had a conversation uh, and a nice lunch. Um, and, yeah, he... I, a, he's a fabulous guy doing really good things with his company. But also, um, he very kindly gifted me this book and said, you should read that. It, it might really help you work out where you want to go with pocket notebooks. Huh. And uh, That's really cool. I, I think it is helping. Um, and it's 
it, to be honest, this links back to something you said right at the start of this conversation about the analog world and how uh, yeah, what cool it is. Um, yeah, it really is cool. It's it's the only online community that I've ever been a part of that I genuinely come back to every single day and want to contribute because so many things I think online are are take like what can I get out of this? What information can I get from this? How can I do better, be better, get more from this? Um, and this is one of the few instances I think where everybody's in it to contribute more to the whole. There's a certain and if you excuse the, the business wishy-washy term, there's a bit of synergy there in that everybody gives in and the, the sum of the parts is definitely more. Yeah, uh, I mean, the thing that strikes me is, you know, I can regularly get into conversations with uh, with people about notebooks and several of the people in that conversation will be direct competitors to me. Uh, mm -hmm. On the other side of the conversation will be several suppliers who are direct competitors to each other. Um but it is all mutually supportive. I mean, the guys from from Wright that you brought up their Wright pads, um, and the guys from Story Supply, uh, they talk regularly. Um, they're aware that their their products are to a certain extent, at least in in competition. But you know, it's it's all friendly. There's plenty of room out there. Um, yeah. And actually, I don't think these guys are are all about profit. That's not what drives them. Their their why is not. Let's make lots of money. Yeah, I don't think you get into stationery because you want to make bank, to be fair. Well, uh, you know, I suppose you can take the old phrase and if you want to make a, a small fortune in stationery, uh, start with a big one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. So what are you reading? At the minute, and I rotate through a lot of books at the same time, but at the minute, last night, I was reading How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is an old favorite written by Dale Carnegie. Um, now, this edition I bought as I do secondhand, and it's from the 1940s or the early 19 or the late 1930s, um, and it's just this gorgeous fabric-bound edition. I don't think it's a first edition, but it's not far off. It's a really, really nice book. Um, the content is fascinating, but decidedly dated. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's quite useful, a lot of stuff that's quite interesting. There's other stuff that is misogynistic and somewhat racist, but it. It loses a bit, but it doesn't lose everything. So I'm I'm enjoying reading it. I'm enjoying parsing it into the 21st century because it is distinctly not from now. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned earlier the the get things done uh, methodology. Is that, is that something you've yes. been reading as well? Well, I tried. I, had, I bought the book when I was in university. And so I have the book somewhere in storage. I went to try and find the book yesterday and it is lost to me in the catacombs of storage. So I will find it eventually, but I kind of, that's, I think, why I sort of truncated the system somewhat because I couldn't find the book and online was lacking a little bit. So I kind of just read the sort of principles, the guiding principles, and then mm -hmm. worked it out from there. So I will read the book again. I've read it once before, but um, whenever I find it, because it's currently in boxes somewhere. Very cool. <laughs> so get things done. Uh, I suppose you you must have heard of bullet journaling. I have, yeah, and I've played around with it, and I've I've actually modified it in some ways mm. for a couple of projects I was working on. I was kind of playing with different things in terms of my background in video. There's a couple of projects I wanted to apply that kind of um, dotted system in in terms of um, putting data onto a page with a pencil that can then be processed in some sort of 
workflow. Mm-hmm. I have played around with that, but it's not something that I use. Most of my notes are quite free form. So this kind of GTD system for me is is a bit of a step beyond what I normally do because normally it's just scrabbles and notebooks. Yeah, I mean my my experience of GTD, which um, you know, I mean it's it's been adopted by millions of people. Um, and as you say, slightly adapted by millions of them mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you uh, throw yourself into it, I think the more you get out of it. Absolutely. I think if you quite, adopt the system 100%, yeah, I think it'll it's quite holistic as a system. Mm-hmm. Whereas but it, bullet journaling, you can kind of dip in and dip out. It's much more forgiving, I think, bullet journaling. Yeah. But again, there's also an argument for I could spend three days working on the perfect productivity system. Mm-hmm that I would then ignore and not use. And those three days are entirely wasted. So you can spend time trying to perfect a system that you won't use. And so there's a trade-off there, I think. And we can maybe talk about it in another episode (laughs) about having systems and using systems because they're two very distinct things. Yeah, because I I used to work with a guy who was perfectly living the GTD system, but he had no idea what it was and he'd never heard of it. Wow. So just kind of like developed in... Yeah, in tandem. He'd, he'd arrived at it himself um, using yeah similar logics, but uh, wow. he his life lived in little uh, you know A4 wallet folders uh-huh. where you could just slip paper in, and so you'd go into his office and you'd ask him about Project D, and out would come this little wallet Project D, everything that was happening, <laughs> be up to date, bang, bang. Uh, one of the most organised people I I've ever known. Wow. Okay, so TV, or whatever has now replaced TV, um, consumption of content is probably what you say in the interweb. What are you watching? At the minute, again, I'm rotating. I'm watching Rick and Morty and some other interesting adult cartoon type things. But the main thing that I'm watching and enjoying is Ozark, which is uh, on Netflix at the minute. It's got Jason Bateman in it, and it's quite a dark sort of, what's the name? Breaking Bad-esque show. Very, very dark. Very, very story and character-driven. And just a really fascinating dive into how to sort of unfold a story in this kind of quite... It's a a formulaic show, but it does it very, very well. And so um, I love anything that gives you a real sense of place. And I've never been to the Ozark Lakes, but I feel like I have now for watching this show. The Ozark Lakes? Where are they? Yes. As far as I know, and I'm probably getting this wrong, Wisconsin. That was a guess. It's somewhere in that region. Someone will correct me or I will look it up afterwards. But as far as I know, they come from Chicago and they move out to the Ozarks and it's not that far. So I think it's kind of Chicago's middling. So we're talking down and left. So kind of central of the states. So the Midwest, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Very but good. And how do you watch wrong. TV? Do you watch this in sort of binges or uh, it's probably one or two episode blips. So um, just the nature of my schedule means that I don't get extended amounts of time. Uh, most of it's in the evening. So I'll sit down and watch two episodes and then I'll try and get some sleep. And every now and again, I'll not be able to sleep. And so get back up and watch an episode or so. But I don't want binge them because I don't have the time. And also I quite like stringing them out a little bit, uh-huh. being able to just enjoy the show. So I haven't finished the first season. I'm maybe six episodes in, I think five or six. So I've got a little bit to go, but what I've seen so far uh, tells me that I'm definitely going to finish it. Okay. 
Well, this segment is is going to have to be all you. Um, I don't watch TV at all. No. Uh, wow. So, do you have a TV? Yeah, yeah, we've got several. I'll have you know. Um, my wife Are is Italian. Ornamental. So she needs noise at all times, in all places. Um, okay. But uh, no, I mean, I used to watch uh, quite a lot of sport, um, but I've become. Uh, I suppose disenchanted with sport and and the way mm-hmm. that I I perceive it to be going um, in the professional okay. world. Uh, I, I'm a golfer and I used to love watching golf, mm-hmm. um, but I can play around the golf in about two and a half hours, uh, and the pros now take six hours. Yeah, and so it's a you're I, committing I to an entire day. Yeah, I don't have that sort of time to invest um, in watching these guys who. Frankly, are playing a different game to the one I play anyway. Um, <laughs> That's really interesting. I did not know that you didn't watch TV. It's very interesting. Well, I, I suppose you know that there, there are demands on on everybody's time, and yeah, I I have kind of more things that I'd rather be doing. Um, oh no, I don't. I, don't I need to be disagree doing. with that. I think it's fascinating, but it just it's so. I think in this day and age, it's so unusual not to watch even some things. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, again, it's great at parties when people start, you know, Game of Thrones. I go, what yeah, is the that? Books, the books are brilliant. <laughs> um, and and then we have, you know, two separate conversations because I'll talk about, you know, George R. Martin uh, and they'll mm-hmm. talk about whatever devastatingly attractive woman is playing one of the princesses. Hmm. See, I don't think I could ever get away with not watching TV given my chosen profession and expertise and also... It's just how I, I think it's how I kind of perceive the world is through films and through mm. those kind of references and those those little beats and moments or it's how I see a lot of things. So I don't think I could commit to it, but I do enjoy, you know, quiet time away from it. But I don't think I could live without it entirely. I'm quite anxious to, to persuade my wife to go and see Dunkirk and uh, a couple of the summer blockbusters. We could talk about Dunkirk for a long time. I was not happy with that film. <laughs> Really not? Oh, really, really not. But I think I'm in the minority there, so perhaps I'll keep my opinions to myself. Well, well, perhaps we'll put that in the show notes and uh, revisit it. Um, (laughs) Perhaps after I've seen it, that might make make more sense. Yeah, yeah, that might be better. So I think last thing is just kind of a general, what what are you using at the minute? And something that I've been using on and off for about two years, year and a half now, is uh, it's a website actually? It's called uh, Seaberg One Thousand Background Music Radio Station, and this is basically it used to be a physical device, which was a set of LPs that you got delivered to your business or restaurant or something like that, and um, they stacked up in your auto rotating LP machine, and uh, it would be background music that would play away for you, and so whenever it finished a track, it would drop the next one down and start that. Okay, um, but it's it's proper like elevator music mm-hmm. some of it's like real songs that they then made instrumental some of them are just designed for this but it's this fascinating time warp of of audio that is i mean you put it on and you make a cup of coffee and you feel like you're in a 1950s diner it doesn't matter where you are what you're doing it it just for me anyway it puts me in that place so quickly and it's such a fascinating thing and i, I find it quite unobtrusive so I'll put it on if I'm trying to work or I'm trying to do something that it demands more of my attention than normal music you know, would normally take away. So I can put it on and have something in the background which isn't necessarily demanding that I listen to lyrics or process any kind of 
direction in it. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. I'm going to look that up myself. It's really and it's it's a digital stream of what used to be a distinctly analog device because it's obviously records which are physical indentations on a medium that is being read by a needle. So it's about as sort of physical as music can get apart from instruments. So I find it fascinating that it's now gone totally online because these discs are very rare and far between. So you can't buy them, Mm -hmm. but you can't listen to them all online. Well, that's, that's digital and analog doing the right thing. In tandem, seamless, yes. Absolutely. So I have to say, having recently rediscovered vinyl, Mm -hmm. uh, it's all very romantic and it's it's, the sound is, I'm told the sound is much better. I'm not sure I can actually hear the sound is much better. (laughs) Um, But it feels kind of cool. Yeah, Um, I think there's a certain amount of physical tactile function to it. Yeah, but new LPs, when they re-release them, they... uh, Sorry, for, for the youngsters out there, LPs means long player. Um, they put like three or four tracks on each side. So yeah. uh, I have my, my setup here in the office. And just as I sit down to start writing something or doing something, <laughs> uh, I have to get up again and go and change the record over. Yeah, um, it's. I find that it's good for working in small chunks or if you're already on your feet, but see, trying to sit down and do something, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's an analog Pomodoro timer. That's, that's how I'm seeing That's it. such a good way to describe it. Yeah, it's exactly that. You, you have you have 20 minutes to, to get done whatever you need to get done because then you need to go and turn the record over. <laughs> or in my case, I just kind of I listen to the same side because it's easier than turning it over. So I know the four songs on one side so well. And the other, the B side's just unused. <laughs> but I, I do have to say, I mean, this isn't actually my answer to the question, but um, I've been, I've been enjoying that uh, looking through record stores, whether they be online or, or physical, uh, hunting down, to be honest, records that I used to have and, and either got lost yeah. or given away or, God forbid, thrown into to the dump. Uh, and I'm buying them back again. You know, there are certain musicians that, that probably owe me, oh, I don't know, at least five or six dinners. Because um, <laughs> I've bought, you know, their entire back catalogue twice. It's impressive dedication on your part. Yeah, you've got to have the right tunes. Uh, the, my, my new toy, the thing I've been playing with, is I bought uh, an iPad, the 10.5 iPad Pro. That's the biggie? Uh, no, the big one is 12.9. Okay, I'm a bit of a novice now when it comes to Apple devices because I, I gave them all up in some sort of cathartic release about two years ago. And so they've done away with all my Apple goods apart from my MacBook. Yeah, well, so, I, I went through a similar thing and went over to uh, to Google and Chromebooks and stuff, um, uh, which, which are brilliant. They're fantastic. They don't work, but um, they look great. Um, <laughs> which kind of drove me back. So, yeah, similar to the records, really. I, I, I sort of bought back all the stuff I used to have. Um, but now I bought the Apple, the, the iPad, really for, for consuming media, um, whether that okay. be uh, looking at, uh, at, at text online or this, this whole new fangled thing that you pointed out to me where YouTube. Um, yeah it's fantastic it's uh, TV on the internet much like this is radio on the internet it's a whole new 
era and a whole new spectrum of entertainment. Yeah, somehow, uh, you know, I think I was in the pub when the memo went out and, and I kind of missed it all. So <laughs> I, I'm discovering that slowly but surely. Um, and I've got the Apple Pencil uh, purely because yeah. that, that whole Steve Jobs, if you see a stylus, you know they've gone the wrong way. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to play with it. And uh, so far, it, it sort of travels with my iPad. I don't know if it actually does anything, but uh and yeah after two months in the world of of podcasts i've already decided that the apple app for podcasting is no good uh and i've got him i've downloaded one called overcast overcast is tremendous that's what i used when i had an iphone yeah it's uh it's idiot proof which is kind of what i need yeah (laughs) i like any app that does the job better than what the designers thought the default app could do so not flashy things, not sort of gimmicks, but genuine performance that is above and beyond what you want. And uh, Overcast for me gave me that. I, I can't use it now because they don't have a, an Android app, but um, I do miss it because it's very, very good. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I listen to my uh, podcast when I'm I'm walking to and from work and it's about, uh, it's about an hour 15 walk each way. So that will get me, you know, a good podcast and a half or, a good podcast mm. and a couple of TED Talks uh, will get me home. Excellent. I think there's a lot to talk about podcasts, not only this one, but ones that we both enjoy because there's it's it's a big part of the content I listen to and the content I consume. So I think there's a really interesting conversation that we can save for a future episode there. For sure. And I'm but just I glancing think... over at the timer and, uh, well, there oh, we're way, minutes. way over. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I think if we just wrap up now and then I'll see if I can cut it down. And if we can't cut it down, and this is kind of off speed now, not, not, this will not be in it, but yeah. um, I'll try and cut it down mm-hmm. because there's a little bit of waffle in the beginning that we could probably trim. Sure. If I can't, we'll look at maybe doing two parts. If that doesn't work, maybe we'll just keep it as, there's a lot of options, but either way, I will make it work and I'll, I'll get back to you on it. But okay. I think just wrap up and then that's really, really solid. First zero episode. Cool. Okay, so um, do you want me to do, do you want to say about the show notes? And then I'll do the last little outro bit. Not particularly, because I've no idea what to say about the show notes. Uh, literally just that they are attached to the podcast and everything we've talked about or referenced will be in them. And so if there's something you're interested in reading up more on, that it will be listed below. Okay, so I will go, uh, I'll read some numbers, then say gap, and then go. So... One, two, three. And attached to the podcast will be all of the show notes uh, with links to the things that we've talked about, uh, possibly some links to things that we haven't talked about, but that we think you should go and see. Uh, and they will appear on, I'm guessing, TJ is going to help me out any second now, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, they'll be attached to all the social links and all the bits and pieces that we are posting with so if you want to find out more it will not be difficult to do so there we go so i think and it feels really cheesy trying to do this little outro but i think it's good and i quite like it but i now that i'm faced with actually doing it it feels really cheesy but i think i'm going to persevere because it's worth it i can always there's, there's this is part of the vintage recording so we could always use that instead of me saying it which may be better but um Again, this is all off topic. I'm just rambling now. Um, so, 
Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. That was 1857.